Jesus so much for the blood. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. The cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Praise you, Father God. Glory to you. We just praise you. Glory to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Worship you, Jesus. Praise you, Father God. You'd be surprised how many things are copied after the after heaven. <laughs> and people don't realize that. Even our government was formed that way, the right government. But anyway, that blood was put on a mercy seat. You know, and the Israelites used to carry that stuff around in, in, the, in that, yeah, the tavern, whatever they called it. But anyway, uh, but now he put all of his blood on that mercy seat and it's alive it doesn't smell like blood would smell it's alive it smells like perfume in fact i bet <laughs> because that blood is everything to us it's everything to us there's there's nothing without that blood nothing would have happened oh god we thank you for that blood God, we thank you that we can still plead the blood of Jesus. We can put the blood of Jesus around our children and around our, ourselves, Lord God, around our vehicles, around our homes, around the church, around anybody. Lord, we can, we can say angels. I say so many times to get into every nook and cranny of this building and pour the blood of Jesus to wipe out any kind of darkness that has come come in in any way shape or form or because we want to be alive in here we want to have listening ears we want to have angels we want to have light right <laughs> so God we thank you we thank you for that blood hallelujah wow yep someday we'll have to speak about the blood glory to God thank you thank you thank you thank you well you can be seated and you know, before uh, we're going to take the tithes and offerings, before I do that, so you want me to read it? You can. Either way. Okay. Well, all right. So Alexa said when Dr. Michael Jacobs laid his hands on her, the Lord gave him a word for her. And he said, if you will pray a little longer and be quiet a little longer, the Lord will start revealing things to you. And it's true because, and you, you know, write them out, start writing it out because, so I've been practicing, Alexa said, what he said to do. And the Lord gave me this word for the church. <laughs> he said, what a time to be alive. God is so good. No matter what is going on in the country, we have no fear because God always makes a way for his children. 
Remember that circumstances are always trying to make themselves louder than God. This is what God said. That is just the devil trying to get you out of the peace from God that surpasses all understanding. In all the loudness of the circumstances, listen for the still, small voice of God. There you will find the peace that surpasses all understanding, and it will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The world doesn't understand this peace because all they can see are the circumstances. My child, do not be afraid, for I am with you always. I will keep you even to the end of the age. Go tell my children that I am coming back soon and to not be afraid of the things they see, for there is nothing to fear when God is with us. And she said, I, I just thought I would share that with you today. <laughs> no, no, that's, you know what? Pray When you're praying, take a little more time and just listen to God. Get a paper and a pencil, and he will start, because I've got a lot of the, you know what? I thought, i got to do that again, myself. Amen. Um, okay. Okay, there's... First John 2.28. There's so many things the Lord wants me to tell you today. I just, First John 2.28. Okay, if you know, perceive, and are sure that oh, that's oh, two twenty-eight. Okay, and now, little children, abide—that means live and remain permanently in Him, so that when He is made visible, we may have and enjoy perfect confidence and boldness and assurance, and not be ashamed and shrink from Him at His coming. That's true. You know what? Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, okay, here, here's the deal, even with that scripture. Every day we need to have a time with the Lord. Every single day. And some days, you know, may, you may be busier, but you need to have some time with the Lord. But be sincere. It isn't just going, taking a, a chapter of the Bible and blah, 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 blah. Don't, you don't even know what you're saying but to love him and to worship him, you know, to worship him with sincerity because he is so wonderful. <laughs> Every single day, stay full and then you're going to be full of confidence. You'll be full of what, what you need to, to, to operate in that day and the things that come up. That's so vital. It's so very, very vital. You know what? Sometimes when the sun comes out, people forget about the S-O-N, <laughs> the Son of God. It's the truth. Uh, well, anyway, don't do that. One, I remember one year, you know what? The sun is making them forget me, the Son of God. 
I heard that. That was many, many years ago, but I just thought of it. The Holy Ghost. Because there are things that people want to do, and, and they want to get out faster in the church or, uh, you know, that day. But he is worthy. He's worthy because of the blood. And if you even meditate on what he did for you on the cross, oh, my gosh. And then, you know what? The whole thing is most of the time we don't believe it <laughs> and receive it for our healing or forgiveness. And, and he did all that. It, it was, oh, my gosh. You know, if you ever done anything for someone and they didn't appreciate it at all, think how God must feel when people don't because he said that blood has healed you that blood has saved you but there's things you have to keep full of him and, and get the scriptures inside of you and your confidence see I can see that when it was what 2011 and I was diagnosed with cancer of the breast but I was teaching healing and I was so full of, of the word of God that I almost laughed when he said it. I mean, I was like, immediately, you know it went through me. Whose report do you believe? Well, you know what? Since that time, though, he, I, you know, I've gone into, you go into other subjects and to other things and other things are going on. You know what? I don't know if I would be that confident. But see, that's why you got to keep things up I'm just being honest with you. When it comes to finances or something, maybe maybe I would because maybe I've been studying more on that or to other areas. Do you see what I mean? But keep up. I tell you, the healing really needs to be kept up in our because he is a healer. <laughs> oh, so much, so much. Well, okay, I've got kind of a different... <laughs> Okay, so we're going to, um, right before, well, wait to pass out the little envelopes. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings. Okay, so I'm going to, maybe this is a little bit longer. It'll be part, but my other sermon will be short. <laughs> okay, and it's about covet, covetousness and what it really is. And I'll be honest with you, these notes came from Keith Moore. And I have never given them. And they are so old. I'm just being honest with you. I save all my notes. <laughs> and I was just going through some, an old notebook. And um, I saw this and I was starting to read them. I thought, whoa. <laughs> um, I'm going to skip part of it and maybe give the other part next week. Okay, so where should I start? What is in 1 Timothy 6.10, and you don't have to put it up there, but it talks about coveting after money. But it brings, coveting after money brings many sorrows and many consuming griefs. But covetousness is actually the love of something. Covetous means the love of money that we're talking about. See, okay, I looked up some other definitions, but it says a desire and wish for things that belong to another person. Okay, covet means a strong desire, a burning desire 
to pursue and go after another's possessions in, with intensity, and it's associated with envy and jealousy. Okay, in Luke 12, 15, and these scriptures I'm just going to read. He, Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Okay, well now that makes it sound that God doesn't want to, to give us any. That isn't what that means. It just means that you love that stuff so much. <laughs> okay, let's say you have a vehicle and you love it so much you won't let anybody else drive it. <laughs> you know what? You can get to that point. You, I mean, watch out because that is, you know what? People are the most important things. People, people are important. You can love something or uh, you can love maybe uh, some piece of furniture or something. You won't ever let anybody even sit on it or touch it or, you know what? Uh, you can love your, uh, the way your yard looks so much. You never let kids play on it. I mean, that's covetousness. I got to realizing it after I studied it out. Okay? Okay, so in Ephesians 5, it's talking about covetousness is carnality, and you never, you're never satisfied or able to get enough, and you never will have enough. Covetousness and financial fear work together. And you can only overcome by a firm trust in the Lord and an assurance of God. God is our supplier. He's our source. He's our El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough, the one you totally trust and have unmovable faith in him. Okay, now, you can, okay, you can love money and have none. The poor are some of the most covetous. And why? Because they desire the stuff that other people have. Okay. See, they long for money and stuff. So it's not stuff or money that is the problem. It's the loving it. See, and you may not be like, you know, loving it. Covetous means being loving silver or money. A use. Um, they stretch forward and reach after it. And it's actually idolatry. Really, what is rich or poor? Rich or poor is not a dollar amount. It, you know what? It, it's not, the, but it's not the same for everyone. Poor means not enough. Now, you may be able to pay bills or do other things. You may be able to feed your body to live. And that's a different, but that's a different end of the scale for poor. Poor means you can't even get any food. It's like a bum on the street that's that's hungry and they even say that really some of the poor people in the United States would be considered um, yeah rich in other countries isn't that something you know what but see poor is all bad and never enough no redemptive qualities or benefits no good at all but poor is not spiritual <laughs> okay what's rich Rich doesn't make you more spiritual or better or even prosperous. You know what? Because you could be depressed. You could be in a mental hospital. You could be in a nursing home, unable to walk, 
with nobody, you know, sick, nobody coming to visit you or, or what? See, or, you know, you could be like a, a man who maybe became a billionaire because he worked, 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 worked. But then his whole family left him because they never saw him. His wife divorced him. What good is it? His huge, beautiful mansion, his swimming pool and tennis court and all his cars, you know what? He could be so mentally depressed he would get commit suicide. So rich isn't, you know, either. There are many poor people with money. What I just described. See, money doesn't make you prosperous. So rich or poor doesn't make you anything. <laughs> and there's many poor people who are prejudiced against rich people. What's, what's going on? Is something going on? <laughs> oh. Okay, many poor people are prejudiced against the rich people. The poor may feel spiritually superior even to the rich. <laughs> and the poor doesn't make you holy or spiritual. It doesn't make you anything but poor. What, what is prosperity? Prosperity means you are at peace. You're walking in divine health, spiritually whole, you have a sound mind, and more than enough to meet your needs and the needs of others. It's nothing broken and nothing missing. Okay, so there's no benefits really, uh, no benefits to poor or sick, anything you, you uh, learned I mean, anything you learn, there's not even any benefits to that or broke or <laughs> anyway. You can, and you can learn stuff, rich or poor, because some people say, well, it's such a good thing I got into the hospital because then I was able to witness. You could go in the hospital without being sick. You know what I mean? Walk in the hospital. <laughs> go visit. So how does it help others for you or me to be poor or broke, though, and never have enough and nothing extra? It doesn't help the gospel. It doesn't help the kingdom of God. How does it benefit God? And on the other hand, if I have resources, it can benefit God and his kingdom. Let me tell you something. I was real proud of everybody. Um, Dr. Jacobs did say to me that, and he's 70, what, two? Anyway, but, but he said to us, he says, nowhere on earth have I ever been treated this good. And he's been to 115 nations. He travels continuously. And I will tell you this. You brought in $6,000. People brought in $6,000. Now, I want to remind you, we pay for almost a $1,000 hotel bill because we had two people. And that hotel only charges us $99.95. A night because we have been with them so long and we put all our speakers there but they were here five nights so that's 500 and 500 okay so and the food that we purchased yeah you, know, you have to remember we're the ones who brought them in all I'm telling you is you know remember that we're we paid for all this I, I never took it out of their any of their stuff 
I added money, a little bit of money to that. But um, sometimes I think we just need to tell the congregation what 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 goes on because we had we had two meals a day. We had ten meals, and one meal we took them out uh, when they came off the airplane out to Cheesecake Factory. And I didn't use your Cuba. No, <laughs> no yours was different. That was somebody else. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I just, I, you know, sometimes you just know to do that. Don't, don't get. Okay. Some of you have a hard look on your face. Just one person, maybe. Smile. You know what? Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark, for, for what you did there. That was beautiful. You know what? It's the truth. We just get selfish and self-centered and want to, you know, all these things. Okay, now, there's a lot of wrong thinking about this covetousness. Rich means more than enough abundance. In it compared to millions on the planet, we are rich and also poor. There are 50,000, and I don't know if this is even a right statistic anymore because this is 10 years old, but there are 50,000 people in the United States that have 50 million to 500 million dollars. Nine million millionaires and 9,000 billionaires are in the United States. Some of them actually have their cars shipped on an airplane to have the oil changed, which cost them around forty-five dollars to $50,000. <laughs> but don't, okay, now I'm gonna get, watch out before you get mad. <laughs> there are $20,000 to $30,000 purses, right? Just, you can pay $800,000 to over a million for a watch. Or people, some people have million-dollar apartments, you know. I mean, what I mean, they pay a million dollars every month for rent. And some get mad, and it bothers them. That's yeah, I know, you know, because I was that's disgusting. That's ridiculous. There's dogs that have a hundred thousand-dollar diamond collars. <laughs> but if a man has five hundred million dollars and buys a car for a million dollars you go whoa that's a million dollar car you know what he spent only two tenths of his income and i, I was thinking because you know how much cars cost now i mean they've got a lot okay so if if you have if you make only like fifty thousand a year and and you get a fifty thousand dollar car you spend a hundred percent of your income <laughs> Do you see what I'm talking about? Because then you put it on, you know, you put it on payments or whatever it is. Or you spend, if it's, uh, uh, you know, um, what was that, 50000 you spend ten. Okay. Okay, if some people have $500,000, you know, a year. And if they buy a $50,000, they spend 10% of their income. But see. See, cars, oh, that's a jacked up, especially new ones. Our cars paid for it. <laughs> but we didn't make that much. We pay, I just know how to <laughs> not pay interest. <laughs> interest bugs me to no end. I, I, 
I think I was, it was beat into us kids when we, okay. But if I just, sometimes we say, oh, if I could just have their houses, if I could just have their mouse, mouses, <laughs> if I could just have their money and all the money they blow on drinks or liquor or shoes or purses or whatever, and, and a, a preacher would say, oh, they spent that for a dog? Oh, what I could do with that to give to the missions or, you know, to give to the poor people or to preach the gospel. But notice, it, uh, the preacher said they spent their money. Yes, it was their money. It was their money. And they may have just really, they may, I've known people that were like bums in the street and they have become millionaires because they pushed forward but okay <laughs> okay then Keith Moore said their money oh Exodus 20 verse 17 says you shall not covet your neighbor's house <laughs> your neighbor's wife your neighbor's servant your neighbor's maidservant or his ox or his donkey or in other words his uh, Lamborghini or, <laughs> or, or is a <laughs> million head of cattle or whatever, anything that is your neighbor's. No, your neighbor's house, not your house. It's your neighbor's wife. Whose? And he said, don't even think about that one. Okay. So, but when you say, if I just had their money, and all the money they they blow on drinks and all the money that they do on shoes and paintings and all that stuff. You know what? What do you think you are doing when you are thinking about their money and what's theirs? What's it called? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, this thing convicted me too. Okay, they're indignant, ridiculous. And ask yourself, when they spend $100,000 for a dog collar, did it take money away from you? No. Or did it keep you from receiving what you need? Or take dollars from your pocket? And the only way it would is if that was the only money that was left on the planet. So if you really believe God is your source, he has enough for you. And what you're looking toward and what you're looking at, he is El Shaddai. And you know what you you know what El Shaddai means the God who is more than enough. It actually means the many-breasted one, the one who will never forsake you. You ask him. In James, it actually says you you receive not because you ask not. Philippians 4:19. I mean, we could just blab that scripture off. My God supplies all my needs. My God supplies all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But do you believe it? My God supplies. See, no matter what they do with theirs, the billionaires, God can give you yours. So what do you care what they do with theirs? You get mad, upset, jealous, envious, rat, and rage, and it isn't yours, it's theirs. So are you longing for their money? Are you coveting their money? If you talk like that, you are. Oh, I was just thought, there is no escaping it if you said, boy, what I could do with what they waste. And I've said that. <laughs> oh, boy, what I could do with what they waste. You are coveting their money and stuff, and it's wrong. So what if they are 
poor stewards of their resources. You know what? If they know anything, they may even stand before the Lord. So what's it to you if they blow $5 million on, on a hat? It's theirs. And how does it take away from you? It makes you mad because you want it. <laughs> so if God is really our source, why are we upset? Um, you know what? Well, okay. I'm not going to read this, but uh, Luke 12 sometime. Look it up this afternoon, 15 through 31. And, you know, it says that you look at the birds of the air and God feeds them and he, he clothes them, the, the flowers and every, and you're so much more important to God. So much more important to God. And God will provide for your needs. But you know what? Everybody Think bigger. We had to think big when we got that speaker. <laughs> By the way, Joel Siegel told me, don't call them speakers. He says, please call us ministers. <laughs> but I can kind of see why. Because speakers could be anybody. Call, you know. Um, uh, okay. Oh, did you? Oh, this is interesting. Did you know you're not even supposed to eat with a covetous person? 1 Corinthians 5.11. Let's put that one up. 1 Corinthians 5.11. You know, there are certain people that it actually says the Bible says we're not supposed to eat with them. Corinthians is very interesting. And this one starts out, it's actually reported there's sexual immorality among you. And it talks about how um, apparently this, this uh, son's dad, his mother died, and his dad, um, am I saying this right? Yeah. He buried another woman, and the son grew up, and he started to go to bed with her. Incest. But that's what it's talking about. It's talking about it right there. Some people don't know what's all in the, everything's in the Bible. It says, it is actually reported there is sexual immorality and impurity of a sort that is condemned and does not occur even among the heathen. For a man has his own father's wife. That's incest. And you, you are proud and arrogant and you ought rather to mourn and bow in sorrow and in shame until the person who has done this thing is removed from your fellowship. Because what happens is it pollutes other people. So, the, I mean, all of this is in here. But watch about your proudness and arrogance when you judge. But that doesn't mean you can say that's all right. Because someone doing something that is not right in a church it can rub off especially on children and sometimes people honestly so you know everybody needs to watch themselves uh, but now let's go to 511 <laughs> that was way at the beginning <laughs> but now I write I write to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of Christian brother if he is known to be guilty of immorality or greed, 
and it says in the King James or covetousness. He puts it in the same place as immorality. Or an idolater whose soul is devoted to any object that usurps the place of God. Ha ha. Well, well we, don't, we don't bow down anymore to idols and statues and all those things. How about your possessions? How about vehicles? How about houses? How about, what I'm talking about though is though, you know, they, people look at that more than they look at a person. Or, you know what I'm talking about? And then it's, then it's, it's idolatry. You have to watch those things. I, you know what, this is another thing, but this would be on the other side of that. I was taught to take care of my things. You don't throw your things around though, either. If you get something nice, take care of it. But not to the point where it means more than a human being to you. Do you see what I'm talking about? All those things are idolatry. So it's just, there's a fine-tuned line there. Okay, so, uh, or it says, don't even associate with anyone who bears the name if he's an idolater, or immorality, or covetousness, whose soul is devoted to any object that usurps the place of God, or is a person with a foul tongue, railing, abusing, reviling, and slandering, or is a drunkard, or a swindler, or a robber. No, you must you must not so much as eat with such a person. Whoa, this is the Bible. Wow, I mean, you know, there's things in it that, okay, so, um, so covetousness is really a serious thing. Your goods, and I put on the side, your goods cannot mean more to you than people. But you shall not covet, long for desire, anything that is your neighbor's, if you love people, you will not covet. In fact, be happy for them. If they got it, you're next. <laughs> That's the way you got to look at it. Hey, I'm next. <laughs> See, love wants you to have it. Even the love of God. Faith believes God is big, right? That he is El Shaddai. He is my source. God is a big God. Look at heaven. I mean, heavens, the streets are made of gold. <laughs> See, it's not costing you for you to be blessed because, because God is more than enough and God wants to bless you. You say, well, he never blesses me. <laughs> Check yourself. He, you could be killing that blessing by not walking in love. <laughs> it's huge. There could be unforgiveness. You can have unforgiveness for someone who's dead. And you got to forgive them. And then, then, and even, even like when we see somebody, uh, guilty, <laughs> you see somebody from something from the past, you think, well, I've forgiven them. And then you want to run across the street. <laughs> you might not have. <sighs> One day, even, even, just a couple of weeks ago, I was saying something to someone, and you can't believe what they did to me. I, went, I said to the person, have I forgiven them? 
I'm, I'm just real, real with you guys. I'm always real with you. I'm not, well, I'm the pastor and I can't tell my faults. I'm trying to tell you because God uses you. He wants you to preach the gospel. He wants you to have things, but he wants you to forgive. That's huge. I don't know how I got into that, but it all, see, but believe that God is a big, big God and that because you are his kids, you, he wants to bless you big time. He's El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Actually, the many-breasted one, which means he'll, he'll feed you money, he'll feed you food, he'll feed you clothes, he'll feed you everything. In abundance, he wants you to have abundance. So I'm going to quit there. <laughs> but I got through, it was a little long. So go ahead and pass out the envelopes. who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his service. Okay, would you would you put would you put that song? Right. I don't, they really can't hear you very good though. Psalm 2735. 3527. I said it right. Okay, now let's all say that together because that is a good confession. Okay? Let those who favor my righteous cause, and I always say this, Lord, we favor your righteous cause. Have pleasure in my righteousness, it should be. Shout for joy, woo, and be glad, and say continually, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his saints. Glory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for your promises. Thank you, Jesus. With Dr. Michael Jacobs and those uh, services, I mean, just keep listening. Uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I heard uh, Pastor Morgan say um, that... Uh, in some studies that were done about what you hear out of one service is about 30%. That's all you pick up. So you need to listen to a service. I think uh, it said you need to listen to a service seven times, at least seven times, you're right, uh, to get everything you need out of that service. And not just for the Dr. Michael Jacobs, not just for uh, Pastor Joel Siegel, but also our pastor. Every time we meet here at church, the word she speaks 
is the life we need, the answers we need for our week, for our, our day, for this hour. The answers we need, we are expecting those this morning even. So make sure you're listening to the services. They're on Podbean, they're um, on Facebook, they're on YouTube, and then you can order a CD or DVD to get your own individual copy so you can listen, to your car, listen in your car and everywhere else. Um, and then all of the things available still in the bookstore. We have our library still. Um, as far as this week goes, all of our regular services, Bible study is back on uh, this week, so we're excited for that. Um, and just take a note if uh, you need. And then for our birthday celebrations, in a couple of days, we have Miss Mary's birthday. We're still celebrating you. <laughs> we are so excited. Uh, <laughs> and what's that? And, and then, then it's actually Lonnie and Sonia's anniversary, so we are excited that they will be married. I believe it's seven years. They're on the same number as us. Praise the Lord. I get to know all of her numbers. <laughs> we were born the same year. We got married the same year. We had children the same year. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Anyway, and then it's my birthday after that, so praise the Lord. <laughs> And then Sonny's birthday is June 9th, so we're excited to celebrate his birthday. How old will he be? Three. So we are excited for the big three for him. Um, and then I believe that is all the announcements, so just turn to the side. Bless somebody this morning as we welcome our wonderful pastor up for the word this morning. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, well, this is going to be Memorial Day, too. Huh? Yeah. Okay, well, all right. <clears throat> Here's a couple of things. Wait a minute. I wanted to, to read an old, an old prophecy. <laughs> this was in 2017 that someone gave it to us, to the church. So understand this morning, says the Lord, that, and the praise and worship had just been given, and that, that it is a sweet-smelling fragrance in my nostrils from the heart to give the Lord your God the praise and worship that he is due. Understand that as you do these things, so the angels are sent forth to carry out my word on your behalf as ministering spirits. Understand that your best days as a church and as a member of the body of Christ is all ahead of you. Understand and rejoice this day for the good that is coming to pass because of the things you do to be reminded of the Lord your God, the faithful one in your life. Yeah. <clears throat> My word shall not return to me void, so rejoice and look forward to the future for it is bright, bright, bright and getting higher and brighter yeah. by the day, says yeah. the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, re I'm reading that for a reason because I... Uh, I got a sermon like that we're rising, raising up. Yes. And um, I thought, hey, I remember. And then I remembered afterwards, way afterwards, about that one and about the one from Pastor Ike when he was here. Pastor Ike will be here in, again, July. Okay, July 9th, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... And, um, <clears throat> okay, I was standing over there, and the Lord, no, 
Pastor Ike was standing over there. And the Lord said to him, this place is rising, 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 yeah. Living Word Church. And you get to see the fruits of it, Pastor. Yes. I was sitting. Right. Okay. You get to see the fruits of it. <laughs> it's not after you are dead and done and gone. It's, it's, your, it's in your presence, and hallelujah, you receive it and say it's so. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Rising. That's what I heard. This place is rising. This place is rising. It is rising. And that he kept saying rising. Amen. It shall all come to pass. Thank you, God, for it. <laughs> so I, ju I just thought I would read that to you. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, verses 13 through 8. Second Corinthians four. Yeah, thirteen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, maybe put it in the King James at first, except for one of the scriptures. Yeah. This one. It says, we have the same spirit of faith according as it is, was written. And, and this is in the Psalms. Uh, David wrote this in Psalm 116, verse 10. Yeah. It, uh, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Like, I am healed. Right? We speak the word of God because we believe it. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise you up also by Jesus and shall present you, present us with you. For all things are for your sake that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many Redound to the glory of God. Now I'll read it out, put the Amplified up. For all these things are taking place for your sake, so that the more grace, divine favor, and spiritual blessing extends to more and more people and multiplies through the many, the more thanksgiving may increase and redound to the glory of God. Now, let me, let me stop because the Lord said to say this while I was reading that. Grace is God's unmerited favor. It's his, it's, you don't deserve it. Let's put it. It's his, you're under, okay. Grace. Everything he did on the cross for you is received by grace. And God told me when I had that and when it was over with, and it was, and you know, because I didn't take the chemo and the, and the pills and the blah, 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 blah. By the way, that lady that was here also had cancer of the breast, but she took all the chemo. I didn't know it when I was telling Dr. Jacobs when we were, I had no idea. And I said it, but I said I refused the chemo because I knew I would get weak yeah. from it. And, yeah. and I wouldn't be able to preach. And I thought, 
no way, I'm not giving that up. <laughs> and and I so I never took it, nor the, nor even I was supposed to be taking a pill for life, and I just refused it all because it's a chemo pill. But nothing. I mean, that's up to you. She she did take it, and and you know what? The bill. I noticed that she said, she said, boy, you were very. That was very wise not to take the chemo. And then I found out uh, two days later that she had had cancer of the breast, had surgery, but she took all the chemo, and she was laid up for a long time, and then had to be, uh, you know, I don't know, I just, okay, but see, then I was really depending on God to keep me healed, still am. <laughs> now, that's been over 10 years ago. It was in 20... Well, I don't know. It's either 2011 or 2012. After a while, you forget what year it was. Okay. What was I going to say? Why did I do that? Now I don't know what I was going to say. Okay. The Lord said to me, I got it written back here. In, this is the Bible. I got a new Bible, but I'm trying to get everything from this Bible into that Bible. All right, no, no, no. Okay. Okay, so he, see, he said, receive my abundant, abundant grace by faith to finish your race. Receive my grace and give me permission by receiving it to heal you. Give me permission to heal you. If you don't receive his grace, he doesn't have permission to heal you, although it's he did it on the cross. And I, I mean, that was a moment when I was being quiet, praying in tongues and praying and being quiet, and I got that. In fact, I have the date. It was 2014. I must have had the surgery in 2013 and then, uh, in September. It was 9-11. I remember that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, okay. So we have that same spirit of faith as Jesus has. Uh, where was I in verse? Yeah, but I mean, uh, okay. Okay, I, I was on verse 15. Let's go to verse 16. Therefore, now keep it in the Amplified. Therefore, do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted and wearied out through fear. Though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, our inner man yeah. is being progressively renewed day after day. For our light momentary affliction, this slight <laughs> distress of the passing hour <laughs> is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparisons and calculations of vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. You know, sometimes we think, oh, this is just, you know what, but... <laughs> okay, now go back to the King James for the last verse. While we look not at the things which we see, the doctor's report, the whatever is going on, 
<laughs> what your kids are doing. Don't look at the things that you can see, but at the things which are not seen. Well, where are those things that you can't see? They're in the Word of God. And they're the answer, and this Word is eternal forever. For the things which are seen are fleeting, temporal. They're temporal. But the things which are not seen, the Word of God that comes against, and there's a word for everything that happens, is eternal totally eternal so we have the same spirit of faith as Jesus and that's why we could do even greater works than he did the Bible says we can so the one who raised up the Lord Jesus <clears throat> raises you up okay another scripture go to Ephesians 1 <clears throat> Okay, now we say this prayer, and Kenneth Hagin said to say it every day, and it is the truth. You begin to understand the Bible. It's the truth. Let's go to verse 17. We're not going to read the whole thing, and this is not the reason we're even reading it. Okay, for we always pray to the God, of, I'm going in the Amplified, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into the mysteries and the secrets of the word of God in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. The more you get to know him and love him and not as like I did or was in religion about him, but love him like you love your spouse or your children or whatever, deep and intimate knowledge by having then the eyes of your your heart will be flooded with light so you can when you open the bible you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints who are the saints born again people are saints and so that you can know and understand the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in you and for you who believe. And then it says, as he demonstrated, he demonstrated how much power you have in the working of his mighty strength. Next verse, which he exerted in Christ. That's how much power you have. When he raised Jesus from the dead, and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Okay, that is resurrection power that's inside of you. You were raised up. Go to Ephesians 2.6, King James. You guys know this. I mean, we're always saying it over. Did you notice how it's always emphasized when a speaker comes? Because, let's see. A minister, <laughs> a minister of the gospel, <laughs> not a speaker, <laughs> a speaking spirit. <laughs> Verse six, and he has raised you up together and made you sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He made you 
whether you know it or not, whether you care or not, you are seated there and it's the highest place of authority in the universe. And it's a raising up. And if, you'll, if you will rule and reign on the earth from that seated place with Jesus Christ, remember he even talked about that. He said, you're all, you're, you're all seated at the right hand of the Father God in Jesus. And so I, I imagine there's Jesus sitting there and we're all inside of him and in his lap. And then, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's like that though because we're spirits when, you know, but it's the truth. And it's a place of authority. So we were raised up. We were elevated, brought to a higher place to do what he has called us to do. And to do what we, he's called us to do, you've got to be raised up. You can't do it without it. And when we're raised up, we see a lot more. If you believe that, if you believe it, you're going to see a lot more. You're going to understand a lot more physically and spiritually. Okay, so now, <clears throat> don't put this scripture up. But in Luke 20, verse 36, it says we are sons of God. And sons means daughters, too. And shares in the resurrection. There's another place it says it. Therefore, sons and daughters of God the Father. He's your daddy. <clears throat> okay. In, um, and actually, when you look up that whole verse, and we're not going to, but it says, neither are they able to die. <laughs> I mean, you will, but you won't be dead. You know what I mean? Because we are sons of the rising, sons and daughters of resurrection power. <laughs> then that, that talks about the nature of God. And the destiny that we're called up to a higher, higher place than we are right now. We can go rising, 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 rising. But I mean, while you are here on earth, keep rising. Quit giving up. Quit succumbing to, to the, the words of somebody else. Well, yeah, I didn't say hi to you. Sorry if I didn't say hi to you. I was pretty late this morning. <laughs> but, um, but. Quit succumbing to what somebody says about us. What, what, succumbing to pain. You don't know how much. <laughs> huh. I've just ignored it. I mean, I used to stand here and it felt before I had that knee surgery that there was like something was torn back here. And it was hurt the whole time. <laughs> Remember, I was sitting for a while before I had it. But I'm doing good now. <laughs> That's the beat. <laughs> and you can too, but you got to push it. Don't just sit in a chair, in a rocking chair. <laughs> you know what? I, I remember even the kids when I had that homeschool school. And uh, the kids used to say, Mrs. Hartman, you will never be in a rocking chair. <laughs> and they started saying that to me. And I went, What? Oh, you just never give up. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, because you have the Lord. That's where it is. But you're called up higher in your finances to believe for it. Believe for it. He's a good God. 
oh my gosh. See, and I don't care if they say there's gonna be a terrible food shortage. Not for us, there isn't. Uh -uh. No, see, our future is up from here because we are the sons of the resurrection. We are the sons of the rising. We are the sons and daughters of God. Okay, because now he lives in you. You know what? Deep and like, you know, when she got that word from the Lord or when I got that word from the Lord. But all of us, take a little time and say, God. One time I said to him, Lord, I haven't, you know, I haven't got a word from you for a long time. And he says, <laughs> he actually said almost, he said, give me a chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, give me permission. <laughs> he said, give me a try. And so I did, and I have it in here somewhere. But anyway, deep calls to deep. And it gives you power to rise up. Okay, remember when Peter walked on the water? And, 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 and when Jesus said, come, that word was full of power. But you know why? Because you know what Peter said to him? He says, is that you, Lord? And what was Jesus supposed to say? No, it's not me. Or as he said, if it's you, Lord, tell, bid me to come. And so then Jesus said, come. You know what? And that word was full of power because that's why he could walk. Do you understand where I'm coming from there? He could walk on the water. It empowered him. <clears throat> okay. The same thing had happened to us with words, come up higher. Jesus says to us, come up higher. You know what? He said that to John in Revelation. And the Spirit of God wants us to come up, to come up higher and higher and higher, higher in our finances. I don't care. Get rid of what you have to do. Get, you know, you can come up higher. Because he wants to bless you. You watch. We're the blessed ones who are following God. See, but it's your call, it's your destiny, and what you were created to do. And we are raised up from glory to glory by the Spirit of the God. But that is if you have that intimate relationship with Him. You know, you're coming to church. See, look back. Are you higher than you were? Anybody? That's the way to look. You know, some people might have been drunk. Some people might have been on drugs, addicts, sick, terrible, terrible sinners in despair, depressed, hopeless, right? He can raise you higher, and he has raised a lot of us higher. So you can, you're living, you, now honestly, some of you may be living a totally different life because of the goodness of God. Anybody attest to it? Hey. <laughs> We've not arrived, but we're on our way up. And so let's go to Philippians 3, verse 8. Mm. You know what? The high call of God is to be just like him. And it actually says that in 1 first, in John 4, 17. It says, as God is, so am I in this world. That doesn't say it. Nothing does. Okay. Philippians 3, 8. 
And this was Paul. <laughs> he said, to me, though, I am the very least of all the saints. Paul said that. God's consecrated people, this grace, this favor and privilege was granted and graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles, that's us, to, to the heathen, the unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ, wealth which no human being could have searched out. And that means on the earth. Because why? And I was talking about it so much a few weeks back. We're walking in the kingdom of God. And in that kingdom is everything that heaven already enjoys. Do you get that? The kingdom of God is everything that heaven already enjoys. And we're walking in it. As soon as you got born again, you were translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's dear son. You're in it. So... God will show, give you a $50,000 car. <laughs> you know what? And you'll be able, even though you're making $25,000. No. <laughs> okay, verse 9. Also to enlighten all men and make plain to them what is the plan regarding us Gentiles and providing for the salvation of all the men of the mystery kept hidden through the ages and concealed until now in the mind of God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. The purpose is that through the church, the complicated, many-sided wisdom of God, in all its infinite variety and innumerable aspects, might be made known to the angelic rulers and authorities, and the demons, and the good angels, and the bad angels. Seriously. All the principalities and powers. I was going to read that out. Okay. Um, let me see something. According, let's go back to the, well. Okay, we'll keep going. This is in accordance with the terms of the eternal and timeless purpose, which he realized and carried into effect in the, per, in the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. See, think what you're saying here. Are we, Okay. In whom, because of our faith in him, you've got to have faith in God. You've got to have faith. This word is forever settled in heaven. Heaven and earth are going to pass away, but this word will not pass away. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Can Jesus pass away? Can God pass away? No. These words, these words are, whoo, there's spirit, and there's life in them. Yeah, that, that's our, our, our theme scripture, right. Hebrews 4.12. Yeah, no, the word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, and it divides asunder between the mind, will, and emotions and the spirit. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. Ooh, the Holy Spirit will show you all of a sudden, you have selfish motives. Your motive is covetousness. <laughs> Okay, but that's just, uh, you know, just make sense out of the scriptures. So, verse 13 says, So I ask you not to lose heart. Don't faint. Don't give up. Don't be despondent through fear. Just keep rising higher at what I am suffering in your behalf, Paul says. 
Rather glory in it, for it's an honor to you. And seeing the greatness of the plan by which you are built together in Christ. See, you are built together in Christ. Oh, there, there's so much. Okay. So we all think we can't get there, but we can get there. You know what? I read Ephesians instead of Philippians, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, and I want to read uh, Philippians. I did have Ephesians down, actually. Okay. <clears throat> okay, Philippians, um, verse 13. Uh, yeah, four. Three, three. When I, when I goof up like that, I go, those were good scriptures anyway. Okay. Yeah. I do not consider, brethren, that I've captured and made it my own yet, that he has laid hold of everything he knows. Paul said this. But one thing I do is my one aspiration. I forget what lies behind. Forget what lies behind. Say it. I'm going to forget what lies behind. And I strain forward to what lies ahead. And I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. And remember, I've said this before. It's like, okay, there's a shark in the water. Your boat's leaking. And there's a boat right across here, but the shark's right in the middle. And so you got to press with all <laughs> to try to get to that other boat so the shark doesn't eat you. That's how much you got to press. You got to press. Just keep pressing. See, if you make mistakes, forgive yourself. Look at Paul. He was killing Christians. He had to forgive himself. Forget it and move on. Believe what the Lord said he'd do, right? Because he will not lie. He won't fail you. His word is everlasting, as I said. Now, 1 John 2, 6, and just listen. Whoever says he abides in him, in God, ought to walk and conduct himself in the same way in which Jesus walked and conducted himself. In Ephesians 5.1, it says we're supposed to imitate our Heavenly Father. And even the way he loved other people, he gave up his life. See, can, can we walk like the master walked? Yes, we can. Can you really? See, he did what he did with no unfair advantage over us, Jesus. He stripped himself of all of his glory, all of his people. See, people think, as when I was brought up in the denomination, they said, well, that's Jesus. You know, Jesus just came down to earth. But no, he stripped himself of everything. In fact, that's right there in Ephesians. Okay, it's Philippians 2, 7. 
But Jesus stripped himself of all privileges and right, rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant in that he became like men and was born a human being, not a spirit being. But do you see, but the one thing about him was nobody else on the earth at that time, because he hadn't gone to the cross, was born again. But he was. I mean, you might say he had the spirit of God in him, but now he's, that's trying to show you, you got the same thing now. You got the spirit of God living in you if you are born again. Yes, this outside flesh goofs up. But the spirit inside is holy and clean. But that doesn't mean you can keep goofing up on the outside either. And even your mind is what you think about, what you do. You know, it's all kinds of things. Okay. Now, he stripped himself, he emptied himself, and became like us. And he was tempted in every way like us. Now, this one I do want to put up, uh, Hebrews 4.15, and then Hebrews 2.17 and 18. Amplified. Amplified. See, Jesus is the high priest of our confession of faith. 4.15 says, For we do not have a great high priest who is enabled to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation. I'm tempted to do this. I'm tempted to do that. And I may have even done it. But you, he's one who has been tempted in every single respect like you were. He was tempted with women. He was tempted with pornography. He was tempted, I'm putting some things, to steal maybe, to do all of it. He was tempted, but he never sinned. He was tempted to probably um, get mad at somebody really bad and beat him up. But he didn't do it. The whole thing was he was tempted, but he resisted it. Okay, now put up Hebrews 2, 17 and 18. See, we got to believe it because it says he did it as a man. Jesus stripped himself, remember this, of all privileges and rightful dignity. And he assumed that he, he walked just like we walk. But you've got to fill yourself up with the word, pray in the spirit, read the Bible, you know, come to church. And you stay full and you'll be able to resist more. Okay. So it is evident that it was essential that Jesus be made like his brethren in every respect in order that he might become a merciful, sympathetic, and faithful high priest in the things related to God, to make atonement and propitiation for the people's sins. Go ahead. For because he himself, in his humanity, suffered in being tempted, tested, and tried, he is able immediately to run to the cry of, 
to assist and relieve those who are being tempted and tested and tried and who therefore are being exposed to suffering. Temptations come, you know, and I mean that they even consider a temptation is that you, uh, you're going to get kicked out of your house because you don't, didn't pay the, the mortgage or the rent. And that, that's a trial. You see, and you can get really upset. You could lose your peace. You could get anxiety and fear and all those things. He was tempted with all that stuff. He was tempted so bad in the garden of Gethsemane that blood, his pores, his blood vessels broke under his skin and blood came out of his pores. Now, actually, that's exactly what happened. All, his blood vessels burst inside under his skin. And the doctors say that, that really they've never known of anybody else that's happened to. He was so full of fear and anxiety to, because he knew what he'd have to suffer. I mean, can you believe it? I mean, the, ugh, ooh. <laughs> anyway, but we can do it. We can do greater works. It says we can do greater works than him. But just think, when Jesus walked on the earth, he hadn't gone to the cross, he couldn't even get anybody born again. Right. He couldn't get them spirit-filled, but we can. Yes. You can get them. That's greater works. Yeah. But all kinds of great, we aren't, you know, maybe we aren't there, though, but Paul wasn't either. But you know what? We're reaching and we're pressing forward to that mark on earth. And I'm almost going to be done here. And that, that's why... We need to be raised up. Raise yourself up. You know what? And read the Bible. Go to church. Listen and hear. Praise the Lord. Meditate on the word. You know what? And it happens so slow. It's just like when, when your kids, all of a sudden, you thought, how do they grow so fast? <laughs> you know what? That, that's why don't be divisive. Don't be negative. Because it steals your faith. It steals the word. It steals your progress. Keep raising up. Quit getting mad at people. Quit getting jealous of people. You know, quit getting an unforgiveness to people. Be progressive. The government wants us to be progressive, but let's be progressive in the, in the word of God. And when you're strong in the faith, you're not aware of the struggle. Okay, and I think about that. You got cancer. I went, whose report do I believe? I was kicking Ken, and I went out there. And I went, now, but see, that was, I think about that. I was strong in faith for healing right then. But see, you, they, you can lose that by studying other areas too. Okay. See, Things that are that used to be hard, though, when you are in faith, become easy. Yes. It's the truth. Faith makes it easy. And maybe it's because your faith is so small that a problem seems impossible. That's when get in the word more so. Get by yourself. All this, you know... <laughs> We need to be raised up to another level of faith and glory. And I'll tell you what, we're in times when we really need to. God is in the process of doing that if you hear his words and you practice them. 
These words aren't just their instructions, but his words are full of power. And it, there's empowerment when you say his word out loud. Because he, he does things deep down inside you while you're listening to his words coming out of your own mouth. And they're full of resurrection power. God's words are full of it. And he'll raise you up higher. You got raising up higher. And you know what? You can reach down inside and do things that change you to the core. And it will even change your DNA. Did you know that? It can change your mind. It can change the course of your life. You know what? And if you would get, like, if you would uh, get pregnant during that time or something, it could change the DNA of your child. That's possible. Because some people, they've just discovered that that does. Actually, by searching the brain and, and studying the brain, you can change your background. It doesn't have to be the alcoholic from the, the, the generational curse and all that junk. It doesn't. But see, people never knew that before. And besides that, Jesus redeemed us, rescued us from the curse. So let's just say this. Everybody say this. Here I am, Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. Let your word increase. And expand me on the inside. And raise me up higher. You know what? Things will happen on the inside and it'll show up on the outside. Change, I tell you what, it can happen overnight. But get into the word. Uh, What can I say? I had something in here about boldness also. It's good to be bold, but you've got to get that boldness from God. When you try to be bold, like at the pulpit, it comes out harsh. It'll come out very hard and angry. I'm trying now. I'm trying to tell you. You know, that's, it might sound bold, but it's not right. And it's not from God. I've seen Nancy Dufresne get very bold, but full of love. Yeah. I've even seen one of the pictures they're advertising because there's a miracle crusade, and one of the pictures is she looks very stern because she loves you. That's why. That's what I've seen in her, and so does Dr. Jacobs. And he will correct something right, right then and there. He did more than once. <laughs> but he, the way he says it, oh, thank you. Let me give you a hug. Have you ever been corrected and didn't even realize you were corrected until later? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, they corrected me. And they did it with such love, I didn't even know. <laughs> See, and that's how we, that's maturity. Actually, those two are the one, Dr. Jacobs and Nancy Dufresne. They can do it with such precision. <laughs> and the next minute, they'll call, call you love, or she calls a lot of people love. <laughs> Southern, I think. And yeah, Keith Moore is another one. 
see, don't be pushy with people. But in this season, Lord, you know what? We have got to rise higher. We've got to press forward to the mark of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. Because as God is, so are we in this world. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Oh, you know what? Could you help her find beyond the open door? The Lord also told me to, to uh, play that today because we have gone through a new door and we're going to have to pray in the spirit. Okay, there's like a prayer of dedication, consecration, and submission. Now, I've heard from more than one preacher. It's Nancy Dufresne. Yeah, it was those two, Nancy Dufresne and Dr. Jacobs. Because she, uh, well, it was a couple of years ago, she preached on the double anointing, and I was re-listening to those. And she said, the only way in these last days that you will get a double anointing is if you consecrate your life exactly. to God. Yeah. 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 I, consecration, it says, make holy or sacred for a higher purpose. The unction and the anointing. And one of the biggest things that is in the Bible to this consecration is Romans 12.1. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. But it involves more than you think. Are you listening? Yes. It involves what we eat, what we drink, what we look at, who we hang around. Uh, you know, anything you put in your mouth, anything you listen to, it involves it. It's consecration. And um, I know who else said it, Joel Siegel. He said it's almost impossible to get miracles without consecration. He said it too. Three people, three speakers that we had said it. And um, it involves... <laughs> so I was thinking about that as I was rushing here and speeding. <laughs> I said, God, do I, can I speak? I'm being honest with you again. Because I got here five till. <laughs> and so, you know, I says, well, does consecration involve watching the speed limit? <laughs> Even when you're late? <laughs> but there's just things you have to ask him. I said, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> Some of you aren't laughing. <laughs> anyway. um, okay, you got it up there? Okay, so that new door, though, just start working on yourself. Everybody. And I'm telling you, come to church. 
because there's a higher anointing that staying home during the COVID really cooked that. But the entire anointing that you get will not happen unless you're with the assembly of, assembled together. It says it in the word of God. Mm -hmm. how, how good it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. And, you know, there's just a lot. Ask God. I'm, I mean, we're, I want to raise up. I want to raise this church up higher and higher and higher and higher. <clears throat> but you know what? You have more peace. You have more, when you have more peace, you have more healing in your body. One of the major causes of sickness and disease is a lack of peace. And see, you know what? Lack of finances, lack of all these things that we talked about today can make you lose your peace. Or, you know, even hanging around certain people. And they could even be Christians, but if they're kind of compromising, you'll be surprised how much more peace you'll have when you don't hang around them. So anyway, and it's, it's not, now if I said no, I can't go or something, not because you <laughs> that was not. <laughs> so you know what, let's just, we're going to go into that new room and we're going to, we want to raise up higher and we want to raise up other churches that know what we know. Go somewhere, you'll find out you know a lot. <laughs> you, you could, okay. So I watched, uh, you know, I watched certain, watched speakers sometime on YouTube for Dr. Jacobs. <clears throat> and what I noticed was he had to start at the beginning with many of you. But he didn't with us. He, the, about the third or fourth time he was there, he gave what he gave us. <laughs> so, you know what? Even like Ephesians, the Ephesians prayer. Yeah. Say that Ephesians prayer. It will begin. You're, you're going to start to understand the word of God. All, everything we say is, it's, you know, we're not do, just doing this for nothing. <laughs> Still raise up a church. Okay. So beyond the open door, there's, there's doors that are open to us and there are many adversaries at it but I feel like we've gone through the door. But we must pray in the spirit. I do have to pray in the spirit more to find out what to do in that room. He, he said the same thing. He had to pray in the spirit. Remember he said the angel gave him something and helped him then? So same thing. Portal. Yeah, well, we've raised up a portal in Fremont. It was a, a um, yeah, <laughs> that that um, that was the word I got from Nancy Dufresne. She said, "Who would know that that church, that that church that isn't well, it was kind of insinuating it wasn't very big, has raised up a place where God can work in Fremont." And she says that. Now every time she sees me, she or if I go on a line, she says that the fruit of it. 
that you can enjoy the fruit of it now. But we've got to move higher. Amen. Okay. So, okay, you got it up there? For something new or something, you've got to take a step. See, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Oh, my steps are ordered of the Lord. So you think God's going to make you step. No, you've got to take the step. I mean, he said, he said to me, sit you here till you die in that little building, in that little, in a, in a bad, I mean, it looked crummy there. Sit you here till you die? I went, no. I kept getting that. I kept getting it. So pursue. And I never said anything to anybody, but I start taking steps. I start looking into what was available. And of course, they said, and I know the Baptist church bought that. Uh, there, there was a funeral home for sale right at that same time. But I went, <laughs> but I kept looking at this. I want something bigger. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Okay. But you know what? We should even, um, our sights are even to get out of this building. I know. We have this, but we can get out of this building. We can build one. You know, who knows? We can get so big. That's the truth. That's the way you've got to think, folks. And I'm already thinking. <laughs> of course, I want to fix this up yet, but you know what? But you got to think. Maybe it's 10 years down the road. Who knows? But you, that's what you got to think. This isn't sufficient anymore. Everybody's looking like, you crazy woman? <laughs> think bigger. God is on our side. Think bigger. And it was, too. I was gonna, We were going to get a more reasonable car, but no. You know, get, no, get it. Well, you know what? It was the same thing. It got paid off right away. It's God. It's got to be God. You know, I, you know, a mortgage, I know somebody's, a mortgage actually means a mortuary. It comes from the word mortuary. I thought, well, I'm not going to sit in a mortuary. <laughs> See, but think big. Think of moving out of here. Thinking of getting something bigger, something better, you know? Amen. Okay, well, you are dismissed. So go home and meditate on that. Amen. Glory to God.